Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. And this episode, I am so excited to welcome one of my friends. She's one of my clients. She's one of the most sought after models in the game right now. And to see, I just edited the F word there on myself and I did it. It was amazing. So welcome, Denise Badeau. Hi. Um, so Denise, uh, I met in the salon uh, through my very good friend, Tess Holiday, who, who is also amazing. And so basically... Um, my question for this episode is, what is the modeling industry? Where are we? What what year is this? What modeling industry are we in? What's going on? Right? I mean, I feel like we've done so much. So I started, I guess, for everyone out there who has no fucking clue who I am. Oh, I didn't beat myself at fucking clue. Oh, yeah, that's great. I suppose, great. Oh, that's is that okay. good? Yeah, that's totally I fine. Tried. Yeah, that's no. totally fine. All right. So you're like, a cussing friendly network. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm, I was yeah. going to get really scared. No, you're good. Okay, so I started about 10 years ago, and 10 years ago, um, the quote-unquote plus-size industry was totally different. I mean, I remember going out and being almost too young appearance-wise, which is kind of bullshit because I'm 30 years old and back then I was 22. But most of the models back then were older. It was this kind of thought-out industry that was like, oh, you get older and you get bigger. So, like, all the clothes we used to have to wear were, like, these ugly-ass moo-moos and, like, this really, like, kind of grandma clothes that I could have shared with my grandma at the time. Literally. Um, but Yeah, no, straight up. But, like, maybe I think five years ago something shifted and a lot of younger girls started coming to play and, you know, the Forever 21 clothing started coming out for plus and that kind of made it a little quote-unquote cooler and more juniors and I got lucky that I came in around that time and started getting popular then because that was kind of my market there weren't very many young girls or girls who could play young I guess for say um and so two years ago I got the chance to walk New York Fashion Week it was I mean up until then I remember Crystal Wren which I think I don't know if many people are Still familiar. I don't know. Crystal Wren did a book called Hungry. And Crystal Wren was one of the first plus-size models who I ever was obsessed with when I started. And then she became, she lost a lot of weight and became straight size. And so there was this whole backlash over her, like, kind of yo-yoing up and down. But she's still, iconically, one of the best models. Straight size, plus-size, I don't give a fuck. She's still the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember when Crystal Wren came out, like, I think the industry had just started to shift. And that book really put us on a pedestal that was different. And she did get the chance to walk and open. I'm um, not open, but she actually walked a New York Fashion Week show before. So I was the first girl ever to kind of enter. This was 2014 or 2016 now. God, starting to pass years. Um, But I got the opportunity to open the Chromat show and close the Serena Williams show, which I think was the first time. What? You walked for Serena? Yes. And I walked in front of Anna Wintour, which imagine, (sighs) like, this. I thought I was going to die. And this was a huge shift from, like, what I had started modeling. Like, I wore the ugliest fucking clothes forever. And then... Fast forward eight years later, all of a sudden I'm rocking this like badass cage down a runway at New York Fashion Week. I mean, our industry has changed. Uh, we can't skip past like a- that story. You're gonna have to rewind a little bit because <laughs> you're you're trying to Nancy Kerrigan right past that, and I'm okay. gonna need a blow by blow. <laughs> so it's 2014. So yes, it's it, and, and it's baby like, Denise Bedo is a model. She's, it's like she's, September. You know, we're like entering Fashion Week, like the badass Fashion Week, spring, summer 15. Yes. You know, killing it. Yes. Um, and yeah, you know, you like, get an email, you get well, a, so like, here's the thing I had moved to New York maybe like a year before because I was like, fuck it. Like I keep working back and forth to New York and that's really where fashion is. Like uh, as much as I love LA, the real hub of fashion is in New York. And so I was like, if I'm ever going to give myself a chance and see baby's going to spread her wings and see how much I can actually do, New York is going to be where I test it. And everyone told me, don't do it. They were like, no, you're short. Technically, I'm 5'8". Yeah, my comp card says 5'9 and a half, but the reality is I'm 5'8". I'm a size 14. The girls that work in New York are like size 10s, 12s. 
And so everything was stacked up against me. People were like, do not go to New York. You are going to waste your time. You're not going to work. But I've always been kind of a rebel. And I believed in myself, I think, more than anyone else did. So, Which is the trait of successful people. Oh, well, that's awesome. I mean, I'm just kind of bold and rebellious, and I don't want anyone telling me what I should do. Like, fuck it. If if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, but I'm still going to try. I mean, yeah. what's, what's the worst that can happen that I end up back in L.A. doing exactly what I was doing? But I was in New York, um, this amazing brand called Chromat, who designs for, like, Madonna. And, like, they did all, like, the Beyonce tour. Like, they're pretty fucking major, Yeah, right? their, their aesthetic is, it's like, because I've, I've watched your, I've re-stalked your walks from 14, but I was there, for, well, not in IRL there for it, but I <laughs> followed you on Snap and Insta because I was doing your hair last year yeah, during it. So totally. I'm, I was all up on that. But, so, um, the aesthetic of Chromat is kind of like, yeah, it's like, kind of like cagey, edgy. Like, yeah. like, rappy. They're like the bold woman. Like, that, like, badass woman who can, like, yeah, I mean, she's an architect, so the way she thinks and the way she processes and comes up with her designs and, and shows is just unlike anything I've ever they're seen. They're so cool, and they're, like, and they're hard. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, powerful, bold, confident, sassy woman. Like, she calls us all her chromat babes and couldn't be more proud to hold that title. But, like, so a few years ago, I was, um... You know, she reached out and was like, I'm thinking of doing a curve line, curve plus size. Let's just kind of draw that one out. You'll hear me say both because I just don't care. I am plus size. I am curvy. I don't really care which title you give me. I'm a confident girl. That's all that matters. Um, So she was coming up with a curve line and um, had heard about me through a photographer that I worked with, actually, ironically, through at Forever 21 many years ago, who was here in L.A., uh, and she reached out and was like, I'd love to come up with a curve line off of your body type. And I thought, oh, my God, that's such an honor. Of course. You know, you just did Beyonce. Like, uh, cool. yes, please do anything you want based on my body. And so she had just finished this. We did the shoot. And then we, she was lining up for Fashion Week. And she had always told me that she wanted me to be a part of the show. But the day before, I get a call. And she's like, hey, so um, I was thinking I'd love for you to open my show. And I thought I was going to throw up because that's just not the, that's not what I was expecting. I was already humbled to even be included in the lineup because that's not very normal for New York Fashion Week. But to ask me to open the show was probably that that pinnacle moment of my career and everything I'd worked my ass off for. It was like, oh, my God, here I am being accepted, short, chubby, whatever. And you're about to put me like first at New York Fashion Week. Like, Which if you, you guys joking? don't know, opening a show, if you guys aren't fashion followers knowers of fashion like opening a show and closing a show are the two yes. most coveted positions if you're going to walk for a runway, sure right? it's you open or close those are like the two that's you know they love you when yeah um, and because and like also like like for the photographers and the people seeing that show like all eyes are on that first thing because that's like going to be what sets the tone for the show totally absolutely so this is major major pre- i mean it's exciting that you that that happened to you <laughs> but that's also like that's big pressure for your first show. You're, like, opening for a major designer. Yes. And so, like, of course my mom, I'm, I'm Latina, and so my mom thought it would be so funny to send me, like, the the montage of all the girls falling. Uh, She's like, Denise, watch this. You're going to do great. And I was like, are you joking? So, like, maybe 10 no. years she thought it was so funny. And I was like, Mom. Like, I'm not laughing. I know this is not funny. So, like, I'm wearing these six-inch, like, maybe, I mean, they felt like moon shoes. Her shoes are really insane. You guys should Google if you don't know. But they're, like, six-inch, like, platform shoes. And it's, like, ginormous, like, cage pack thing and this bustier. And, like, 
I, yeah, I I remember totally feeling like I had the whole industry on my back at that moment. It was it was bigger than me. Well, like, yeah, explain that. Like you felt like in that moment you had the whole industry on your back. Yeah, I mean we fought so hard for this. You know, I myself as well as so many other girls had fought for inclusivity, fought for diversity on the runways and in the billboards and on magazines and on TV. Like we fought so hard for this, and so finally to get that that shine, that light on us, and to be like, no, go for it, girl, you got this. Like just felt insane, and it was. Like I said, bigger than me. Like at that moment, yeah, while I'm having the moment of all moments, this was for our whole industry. This was for every little girl who was watching that runway show and for the first time being like, oh, my God, that girl looks like me. So when you say all the like what the industry had been fighting for for all these years, I mean, I'm not asking this like because I'm actually curious because I actually I'm pretty sure I could answer this for you. But I want people to know because I feel like there's this connotation of like it's a model. Like what what were you working so I'm air quoting here. Like, what were you working so hard to get, you know? So, but I, I, I'm not saying that sarcastic because I actually know, but I want to hear it from your mouth. And I want people to know, like, when you say we were working so hard to get this opportunity, like, what did you have to go through to get there? Oh, my God. I think, it, yeah, it is really easy. Even when I was growing up, for instance, like, I remember thinking I would be able to fit into many different roles in the entertainment industry. I thought, oh, I can be an actor or I can be a makeup artist or so many things. But modeling just always seemed so superficial, quote unquote, or like, oh, those those girls don't do anything. But I have to say, it's it's such a shame that that's the perception of fashion or the the thought of, you know, we're so underrated and people don't realize how hard we actually work or what we're doing it for. And there are many days when I still have to question that, you know, we're being told we're too big, we're too small, we're not tall enough, we're too tall, you know, your hair's too dark, your hair's too light, you know, it's it's an insane amount of scrutiny that we have to undergo on top of not only getting it from the inside, from the industry, you know, the advertising execs or the clients, we're also getting it on social media from, you know, the women. And I'm, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I have a really positive fan base. I... I st- I tend to stay in my lane. I I know what I'm doing this for. I'm a mother. I have an eight year old daughter. I realized a very very long time ago that this was for her generation. Like I I love being able to encourage women to feel beautiful and to embrace who they are because I think that is the entire movement that we're fighting towards. When when we talk of the fight, the fight is for women. The fight is for equality. The fight is for individuality. The fight is for feeling beautiful in your own skin and not needing to change who that is. And I think while we fight that within the fashion world, it's ironic to think that we are making the change from within. It it takes a lot of women to kind of stand firmly and say, no, this is who I am and I'm not going to change that for the whole industry to get it. And women across the world, and I've gotten it, you know, 10 years later, I've I've met women from all different platforms and walks of life, of so different ages and ethnic backgrounds and sexual orientations. And I think that when we discuss the fight and the battle and what we're doing, it I, I constantly kind of reference back to them and their stories and the fact that I've sat in Dubai with women in a mall and, and discussed how important and how far we've reached because they're now understanding to embrace who they are, to embrace their beauty. And then you go, you know, and I go to my daughter's pajama night and I see all their little friends being like, oh my God, it's so cool what you and your friends are doing at Fashion Week. And we don't realize the platform that we have been given. And I think that that's something I was very aware of early on, um, not only because of social media, but because physically, I mean, I see these women day to day. They're my family. They're my mother. They're my daughters. They are the women that surround me on a day to day basis. And I realize that they are the ones that we need to stand up for and give a voice to. When, so when you go into a go see or casting and like you have people like say something that's just like not 
cool, not respectful, whatever. Like that's what the fight is. You're like, okay, yeah. that's how you feel like watching me go book this opening yeah. show for totally. For, yeah, like that. Like that's what the fight is. It's like not taking no for an answer. No, I had a really cool acting coach when I was like 12. Um, and his whole thing, and I and I remember his name was Timothy O'Keefe, and I and I've heard that he's still doing acting classes, workshops somewhere. So Timothy, if this finds you, man, you know you engraved something really important in me. I remember his whole thing was just say next. You know, he's like, it doesn't matter how bad you want it. It doesn't matter, like, what they tell you. It doesn't matter, you know, what you're going in for. Just know that when you walk out of there, just be like, yell, next. And I remember, like, because I was like, oh, my God. And there have been so many moments where I've wanted it so bad, you know. And you're like, I can't help but feel the pressure. And I remember just kind of remember hearing him in my head being like, say next, say next. And it's something about the power of just yelling next and actually saying it out loud that you're like, all right, forget it. Call me if you want to. And if not, that's fine, too. Yes. That's how my old friend Stacy, um, they used to work with, like, when I would be, like, heartbroken over a boy, she'd be like, honey, those are, like, tissue dispensers. <laughs> next. 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 You see, I need to apply that into that spectrum. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, she's like, next. If that one doesn't work, get Goodbye. it. Next. 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 <laughs> you guys, we're going to be back in 2.5 seconds with more with Denise Bedeau, more about where fashion industry is going. So uh, listen to this quick break, and we'll be right back. Good news, everyone. There are still a few tickets remaining for the London Podcast Festival, September 22nd through 26th. We've just announced a dazzling new addition to the Bullseye lineup. Sharon Horgan, creator and star of the hit shows Pulling and Catastrophe, as well as a new show, Divorce, which launches soon on HBO. Comedian Josie Long, Veep creator Armando Iannucci, and musician Romare round out the Bullseye lineup. But the fun doesn't stop there, friends. International Waters and Judge John Hodgman tickets are still available, too. Do not sleep on this. Feast your eyes on the juicy full lineup and grab your tickets right now at MaximumFun.org. What's the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. <laughs> Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. In this episode, we have Dean Denise Badeau in studio. We're so grateful to have her. Um, so we were just talking about um, when people say, like, what does the fight look like when, you know, when you say that I'm fighting for inclusivity and, and women power and uh, just womanhood in the fashion industry? Yeah. Well, I feel like we answered that question. Awesome. I've got the chills. You almost made me cry. Had I gone for one more minute, this would have been the second episode <laughs> in two days where I cried. Because oh, yesterday I cried uh, uh, recording an episode um, that was amazing. So this is a hard question. Oh, God. What has been your biggest aha moment in your career? I think I've had a lot of aha moments. I think every year and every challenge has really created that kind of aha gesture consistently. Um, I have to say, I'm going to always kind of revisit that New York Fashion Week moment because it was everything people told me I couldn't do. I, I had just come off the catwalk opening the show for Chromat, and I thought that that would be it. As many people already kind of 
can imagine that already seemed like a huge milestone. I was like, okay, well, I just opened up a New York Fashion Week show. That's it. This is cool. Fashion Week, check. But then, like, I just maybe two days after the show, I would get into elevators and it would, like, be the Associated Press, like, picture of, like, me walking the runway show. And I get a call from Serena Williams. Ugh. And, I mean, not her personally, right? No, I, I mean, get it, I get it, I get still, it. I can't <laughs> even. I'm about to, like, and throw they my were like, off. No, and they were like, oh, my God, we'd love to have you come in for a fitting. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, what are the odds that I book a second show in this same fashion week? Um, and so we go in for the fitting. Everything goes good. I get a call. They're like, we'd love to include you in the show. Come back in for the second fitting. Come back in for the second fitting as I'm trying the stuff on, which I feel like a total, like, cool girl. Like, I'm like, this can't be really happening. And nonetheless, it can't really be happening to me. But I get that call. I'm in there in the fitting. And I'm like, oh, how many girls do you guys have in the show? How many, like, plus models? And he's like, oh, sweetie, you're a showstopper. He's like, you're it. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, you're closing the show. So while we talk about this, like, you know, front end and then back end of the moments of the show in any show – I got the opportunity to fulfill both of them in one season. So I'm backstage at Serena Williams when all of a sudden, and and she's there and she's personally hand, herself fixing me. Like I, she touched you. Yes, she was like fixing my boobs and like fixing my sleeve, which means that I've touched your hair. Yes. Like I, I've done your hair <laughs> by before. Default, you've touched Serena. <laughs> I have, by the transverse geometry property, this is happening. I have touched Serena Williams. Yes, boo. Like, she personally, because she's so hands-on, and she had just come from winning Wimbledon that, that season. Like, I mean, I don't know how this woman does it. She was firmly there, attending to all the details. I mean, she's a perfectionist at heart, and that's why she's so successful. But all of a sudden, I'm back there, like, already in cloud nine, you know, because who, who the hell knew? I mean, none of this was stuff that I had planned or anticipated or expected. None of it was, none of it was real. I was still dreaming in my head. And then all of a sudden I'm back there like pretty much half naked and they're like, and it's here and it's here and it's here. And I'm like, Anna, who? no. And so literally all you see is her little Bob and everyone freaking out because Anna winter just entered the room. And I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I'm thinking, oh my God, please don't let her walk. Please don't look at the, look at the crowd. I don't want to know where she's sitting. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. This is so much pressure. Um, and so I got to stomp. And the funny part about it is that from what I've heard, um, and a lot of people have documents and they've, they showed me pictures as I'm walking the runway, right. And like all the girls got to walk two outfits. Cause what happens is you have maybe 10 girls and these 10 girls go. And as they get off the runway, they're changing into a second look, but I only had one look. So I'm waiting till the end of the show. And as I start walking out, and I know it was one of my agents starts clapping. And it's like in the movies, you know, when they start, like, clapping and then everyone starts clapping. Well, I was going to be embarrassed because, like, one or two people started clapping. And then I'm like, oh, no, please don't, like, have it be this awkward moment of silence. But by the time I made it to the end of the catwalk, the entire room was clapping. Like, it felt like our entire industry had understood how powerful this moment was and I felt like a fairy tale it took everything out of me to not cry on this runway runway because it was just and you didn't no 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 I didn't I did not I felt I felt like still warrior woman but like I just I remember having goosebumps all over my body because I'm I remember crossing Anna claps 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 get to the end of the runway and like it's just like this fury of claps everywhere and it was just aha uh-huh, to uh. a hundredth degree I guess at that point and it, and I wasn't the only time I've gotten to walk in front of Anna Wintour um I did get to be in a personal room with her one time where she like touched an item I was wearing and of course I was still dying but to me that 2014 September you know spring summer 15 season of New York Fashion Week felt like 
the beginning of everything we've worked towards. And it was, you know, started at Chrome at opening show and ended at Serena Williams and a winch for clapping. And it was just, I mean, breathtaking. Still, when I think about it, I go right back to that moment because it's it's still so alive in my head. It's crazy. So it's like when you were thinking, like, do I want to move to New York and really, like, see if baby can spread her wings? It's like, no, you can't do it. Like, aha, yes, you can. Aha, it so doesn't that, get better than this. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty big, pretty big aha moment. I think for, like, any model on the planet, probably maybe any person who has any inkling of fashion, like, to be in a room with Anna Wintour is probably the biggest thing you can accomplish and to have her even look at you because she doesn't really look up like for most of the show people were like oh she was looking down at her phone but like when you came out she looked up and smiled and Uh, i was like die i died right uh, there (laughs) so then how is uh what happened this year what were like what's what's the trends where are we going what are we wearing so i think we've gotten really far i curvy girls have been on the catwalks every season since and i think that's why i say that was kind of that moment that really just shattered all boundaries and we've had girls you know showing their own collections as well as girls walking in other collections in the season what they were showing we just had tess walked in in the in the jc penny one walked in the um oh my god ashley and jc penny show i just talked over you say it again what was her name that designed it ashley neil tipton yes ashley neil tipton we love her we love her get a girl killing it you know she won that project runway curvy women have really come a long way we were always i always feel like we were you know thought of as the stepsister but this these last few years we really accepted the fact that we deserve a place here yeah center we, stage like yeah i f it i don't need to be anyone's best friend like i i could be the star yeah, i, I could am be the, the leading one. lady like this doesn't need to be exclusive just because of a size and so Ashley presented her collection. Tess got to walk in it. I gave, I gave poor baby. We like did a whole runway coaching yes. at my house. I love her. Yes. We have to like support each other. I think that's what people don't realize is we're getting to where we're getting because we're accepting that what's, what one person has isn't going to take away from what another has. It's no it's longer. It's law of abundance versus law of scarcity. Man, we just Just because you get some success other. does not mean that that takes away success from someone else being For able sure. to get it. Yeah, because we all can find our place. Oh my God. And it's so hard. I think women are so catty towards each other and we're constantly it's not trying. Just, but it's also not just women. I have to say that. I'm going to call you on that. It's men too. Really? Oh my God. I don't yes, talk to enough too. boys in my oh, life. Oh, <laughs> yes, men too. I mean, I love my friends. I do. I love every last one of them, but I cannot tell. And, and, and my actor friends, it's like when someone books something, like I see the jealousy in every other guy's that eye. Because there's only so many, you know, roles for gay men. For sure, yeah, and, and even, but yes, I mean that. But is, there's so there's only limited roles for everybody. Exactly, that's the thing. but you have to, but you have to. I think it's so important to have it in our hearts to be genuinely happy for each other and to be genuinely supportive of each other and really believe in the law of abundance versus scarcity because it, life's too short. Oh my god, how tough must that be to like carry all that angst and anger and resentment towards people? Like that sucks, totally, especially on something that you can't control. But Whatever. back to yeah, but back to what you were saying about women supporting women, which I love because I think that is one of the most powerful things aside from like all the amazing like statistics of your career. But like hashtag, there's no wrong to, way to be a woman. Hashtag yes. f your beauty standards. Like these movements that you and Tess have they made, they matter. They so matter, and I see them on social media like making change, but. I don't think I see it as much as you because you're curating. What are some of the stories that you've seen um, that there's no wrong way to be a woman has made in people's lives? Because it's it's a movement. Yeah, it is a movement. I've I've received so many beautiful emails from so many strong women. Um, everything from women who have been abused physically or emotionally to women who just kind of never thought they would amount to anything. And what I thought was really interesting at this is that a lot of the emails and messages that I'm getting 
um, for me personally, for There's No Wrong Way to Be a Woman are strong, like, law, you know, lawyers and psychiatrists and, like, pre-K teachers. And I started realizing that the people that we're reaching isn't necessarily the demographic I thought. Like, I thought I would be reaching, like, that 16 or 17-year-old girl who was, like, maybe, like, just kind of going through it at this moment. But what I'm not, what I wasn't prepared for was to receive so much love and support from women who I would consider my peers and women who maybe are at the highest level VP you would even be admiring and looking yeah, yeah and I think what's really cool is this is a battle that all of us fight on different levels you know from you know I've received messages from mothers who are like my daughter loves you and I've seen how much her, her life has changed by following you and thank you and you know those things make me tear up because I am a mother and I know how important that position is for someone and as a as a young woman who grew up not really having a role model that I related to on a hundred percent level I, I know that these girls growing up now, being able to see themselves in the magazines, on TV, everywhere, they're growing up with a power that's priceless. I mean, they're they're able to see themselves and dream bigger than we ever were. And if this is how far we've gotten with, you know, very limited abilities to get to these goals, imagine what they're going to do with access to social media, with access to, to all of us, you know? At, at any point when a girl reaches out to me, I respond. I personally read them I personally respond to them because I feel like it's my responsibility to be that role model to be that person who can lend it on a hand down and be like no girl I got you it's so many times we're you know told xyz you know or you think your your timeline is coming to an end or you know I need to move on to do something bigger or better or this isn't getting as far as I thought it would and what's funny is that you realize really quickly when these girls write you that even if you just reach one person you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do totally so, um, you know, it's like we have a lot of like advertisements where it's like um, it's really like drawing a spotlight on on the plus size movement. And like one that I think of is like the, those Dove ads. And well, and actually there was one that there was another series that you did that was fucking amazing. You were doing that fucking that gorgeous like dolphin pose in it. You were giving me like a yoga moment. Oh, the Lane Bryant. Yes, the Lane Bryant. She was fierce. So, yeah. So it's like, um. Are those helpful, do you find, or do you feel like they're more stigmatizing? Because then after they release it, I feel like a lot of times the company that releases it kind of wants like a warm pat on the back for like featuring plus size. But really, it's like, why wouldn't you? Because they're fierce. Yeah, you know what it is? I think Dub was actually one of the first people ever to hop on board and to feature women. And I think that the way that they've done their advertising is absolutely beautiful. It's been really unapologetic about who we are. Um, and, and like I said, it, it all depends on which part of the movement they've hopped in on. Dove was one of the first. The same way Vogue, you know, put in Vogue Italia, yeah. put three curvy girls on the cover many, many moons ago. But people don't almost give them credit for it. Maybe at the beginning of it, it was very much a conversation of, oh, wow, look, we've included Plus. But I think for, like, certain companies, it definitely has moved past that as a whole. And I think that that's when we're going to start realizing that we've created this inclusivity and that we've done what we were supposed to do is when it doesn't need to be a conversation the same way. When Calvin Klein did um, a few years ago, I remember they got a lot of slack for it because they included a plus-size girl but didn't say she was plus-size. And people were like, oh, she's not big enough or she's not this. I'm like, you guys, you're missing the point here. Like, they're including plus. It wasn't a conversation about plus. They weren't looking for PR from it. Um, it's the same way. Let me if – I, if I get to go back to it, when we did that first season for Chromat – I remember sitting with her and we got stupid press. It went viral, the image. And I remember her sitting with me and being like, I don't get what the big deal is. And that is exactly the mentality that we need to fight for. Yeah, I like that mentality. Because it is really, it should be, why wouldn't we include everyone? Like, why wouldn't we include, 
different ages and different sizes and different genders. And, and I, mean, I think that we do need to even out the playing field at some point. But it did take those kind of more statement pieces, I guess, for say, to get the point across. Like to be like for Dove, let's say, for instance, to have included them and made a statement by it. Then showed people, oh, it can be done. It can generate revenue. It, it can, can be, be positive. Yes, exactly. Like they're not showcasing them in this like slobbish light. They're just saying like, look how beautiful these women are. Yeah. And it's always really white and crispy, and like it makes you want to buy some Dove. Totally. <laughs> and too, it's like it's like it's like well, no, we really arrived when those campaigns happen, and there's no extra special talk around it as far as like the fact that there's plus inclusion or all totally. plus. It'll just be like that was a beautiful campaign. It's gonna be amazing when that happens, and I think we're just in the, in in the you know kind of starting to yeah get like I think we're about to start seeing plus size girls diving into like beauty campaigns and makeup campaigns and like like why the hell could we not sell like a Venus razor like tell me what difference it makes or like some herbal essence of shampoo yeah Lord knows we have beautiful healthy hair yes we she eat does really great stuff yes you know? <laughs> yeah. and so it's like you just start thinking like I I just don't think they've ever thought about it like it literally in the in their hair in the minds of these advertising execs for some reason you still need to be petite and or very very skinny to make these to be approachable to be wanted to be kind of the dream but what they don't realize is there's so many women out there who want to see something different and i can sell the hell out of some nail polish yes like, what difference does it make what size i am and, and those so, ad execs are going to open their eyes real big and then yes. they can be eye models when they realize of how course. much they need to be spreading it around open honey. your eyes get with the program we're just we're there we're just baby tiptoeing into it i love that so this is like what's your question it's kind of like what do you say to well the original question is like before we start this podcast you guys it's like I I work with a lot of models and I was saying to when I do this podcast it's like I I don't want to you know piss people off and I talk about a lot of subjects that I don't really know and I don't know the right way to say them (laughs) and so I was saying to Denise before we started I was like you know like what's like the PC way to say like plus size and she's like you know I really don't it's whatever but it's like and then I was like wait why do I have to say pleasure a fucking model like you open for shows on fashion week you close them you walk them you audition you're a model like do i do i have to put plus in front of it so there's so there's one question there which and i'm going to tell you both and then i'm going to let you field it because i'm going to let you go totally. on oh this. my so, god I'm so the first one is like what is the pc for when i'm talking about like a gorgeous woman uh who is curvy like in terms of when she's a model first comma there's such an outrage machine attached to modeling and and not even just modeling, like, just the world. Like, everyone is so uptight about, like, waiting for someone to say the wrong thing, post the wrong thing, oh do God. the wrong thing. Um, and I and especially, like, you know, I, there's comment sections on people's stuff that I cannot read because it's just too negative and crazy. It's insane. So what do you say to the people who are like, um, you're too this, you're too that, you're too big, you're too small, you're not healthy, you're too healthy, you're too crazy, you're too... Th- so what do you say to the outrage machine? Well, and then what's the PC thing? So that's... So that's so okay. So- so, okay, I'll cover the first one first because I feel like that's the easiest one to cover. The PC way of saying, I mean, see, that's the thing, right? So, like, I get constantly asked in interviews, do you care if we call you plus size or should we call you curve? Or, or just a model because I'm kind of like, more like the Serena way. You know, it's like yeah. the, not best female athlete ever, just best athlete ever. It's like. Oh, I love that. I didn't yeah. know she said that. Yeah, that's her quote because, like, they were saying, like, you're the best. She was in this press conference saying, like, you're the best female athlete of all time. And she said. I'm the, it, just cross out the female. 
Because <laughs> I'm actually just the best athlete. You know what? I get, I get really proud when I'm watching uh, an interview or a segment that I did, and when they list me, they just say model Denise Bidot because I think that that's really powerful and that then pushes us further. Because you are think, a model. I think at some point we're going to have to drop the conversation of whether or not you care if it's curve or plus. I don't give a damn. It's the same way that when you talk about a man, you're not talking about like, oh, men modeling. It's like he's just a model or whatever. Who cares what the title is? We put too much pressure on words and we put too much emphasis and strength on them and what they hold. Right, it's the same way that people are like, "Oh, fat. Who cares? Fat, 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 fat. Does it offend someone? Who gives a damn? If I'm curvier, if I'm fatter, if I'm shorter, chubbier, I don't care. But I think we put these per- these this pressure on these words and now hold way too much value. Um, you can call me whatever you want. I'm Denise Bido. That's all I know to be true. I'm a model. I'm a mom. I'm I'm an influencer. I'm an encourager. I I'm just a woman, you know. And I think that when people learn to not keep or having to keep put th- putting things in categories or in boxes we'll learn to just be free and and i can't wait for that day to come um but yeah i mean we're still there we're still working on it right that's still part of the fight is one day we will get to the point where everyone's just a model and there won't need to be a terminology for it um and then as far as everything else i mean damn i think i think there's a lot of people that are always going to be unhappy i think we live in a i think when you put yourself as a public figure and when you put yourself out there it's very easy for people to attack you it's very easy for people to have something to say and um that's just kind of it comes with the territory you know you have to learn to figure out what works for you what inspires you what not to listen to what to block out um there are gonna always you're never gonna please anybody you're always like i said you're too tall too short whatever i've been told i'm i'm everything but you know but yet I've done things that everyone told me I couldn't, too. So it's all about blocking out the haters. Right. A hundred percent. And I, I'm very blessed that I don't have a crazy, crazy, crazy fanatic Do you get them sometimes? Yeah, I do get them sometimes. So how do you handle them? You know what's really funny? It's like I had this dude the other day that, and I'll say this, I haven't told anybody that because it bothered me. Like, for, a, for like, a few days, it, like, totally irked up my insecurities. And I was like, how dare you? And, of course, I blocked him. I mean, he was, like, just an idiot. But, like, people were always going to have something to say. And I remember he kept commenting on my pictures, and he's like, her head is small. And I was like, how dare you? Like, what are you talking about my head? My head's perfect. My head is fine. Yes. But I was like, do I wear this in a pony? Do I not <laughs> wear this in a pony? But, like, it's the stupid things that we feed into. And I think when you start learning that those things don't matter, it's just a bunch of miserable people behind a computer that would probably never tell you this in person. Like, should I have walked up to that same dude one day? He probably would have asked me out. But, like, dude wants to talk shit because he thinks it's going to get attention on social media. Which is fine, right? Like, everyone has their place in the world. We need those people to keep pushing us and inspiring us to do better and to know that those things need to be muted. But at the same token, like, who cares? Do you think I'm ever going to run into him or meet him? Like, odds are he's just going to be as non-existent as he is now that he's blocked. So we just block him. That's the best advice. We just block him. Block it all out. Like, when people are negative, the same way I tell people all the time, like the younger models when I meet them, I'm like, learn to be very careful with your time. And with your energy, because I think it's very easy. Even when I started, I wanted to be friends with everyone, wanted to hang out with everyone. But that's not always healthy. Like we said, people are going to suck sometimes, and that's okay. You got to put up a boundary if you. Yeah, you just need to keep your circle small, keep your you know keep your momentum, stay in your own lane, and keep positive. Life is good, man. At the end of the day, we have every bit the power to do whatever we want with our lives, to control our happiness, to control what we do with it, how we share it with the world. And I'm going to keep mine as positive as possible.
I love that. So then at this part of the podcast, I always say it's like a yoga class. Like if you went to your yoga class and you were really hoping I was going to teach you headstands or handstands, but we didn't even do any inversions today. And you're Holy like, damn, crap. I really want to do my inversions. Is there anything I missed no. that, that, we, that we need to say, that the children need to say any inspirational words from Denise Bidot? That they oh, my God. Get? No pressure. Um, no, just just to keep believing in yourself. And I love you, Jonathan. I love and you, And I'm Denise. really excited to be here with you and oh support God. you. And this my is pleasure. great. I'm so glad you came in. And you guys, so if you want to follow Denise, which I really suggest it, you can find links to her Instagram and her Twitter on whatever device you're listening to this episode on. Getting Curious is produced by Colin Anderson and Christian Duaneus at MaximumFun.org. Uh, we love Max Fun. Thank you so much for letting us have my baby podcast on your home. Um, if you guys want to ask me any questions on Twitter, hashtag Getting Curious. Let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. Let me know if you love it. Let me know if you hate it. But be nice if you're going to say <laughs> that you hate it. And then uh, also write us a review. We really, really appreciate it. I really want to have uh, all the good reviews in the world. I'm just kidding, but I'm not. So please do it. Uh, oh, and uh, Quinn, thank you so much for letting us use your your music. It's a uh, freak. Her name is Quinn. She's amazing. And thank you so much for listening for getting curious. We will see you next time. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.